Welcome to Challenging Christianity. I'm your host, Rebecca Kinnestrand. Do you consider yourself spiritual but non-religious? Agnostic? Or maybe you grew up in a church but don't believe what you were taught there anymore? This podcast exists in that space between all-in or all-out religion. Join us in asking questions that challenge the notions of Christianity. Hi, welcome to Challenging Christianity. I'm Rebecca Kinnestrand and Daniel Dadashi is with me, or your hosts. We're flying solo today. No pastor in the house. I feel like we're unsupervised. Oh no, it's dangerous. It really is. Last time this didn't go great for me. I talked for 15 minutes about how much I hated greeters, and people have been coming up to me ever we since. We don't. We don't hate them. Honestly. I love greeters. They we work do. hard. I know. It's a good service. It was about youth in the church, which is interesting because yeah. we um, are going to have that topic today. But I just have to say, first of all, that we had kind of a forced sort of sabbatical. I know we yes. haven't been on the air in a while. It was a weird February. There was snow like I've never seen. Yeah, I was snowed in. My kids had midwinter break. Everyone got strep throat like three times. It was a nightmare. I was, <laughs> I ran out of things on the DVR. It became a dire situation. Yeah, it was, February was really not my favorite month at it all. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. And, then it, and then we got back to work and everyone was working twice as hard to make up for two weeks exactly. of missed snow days. Right, and, and then Lent. Because Ash Wednesday Lent. just happened, so that's also, the pastors are crazy busy. Do you want to hear my Lent joke? Oh. Ask me what I'm giving up for Lent. Oh, what are you giving up for Lent? For Lent, I'm giving up. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's my Lent joke. It's apropos. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> so that is just, we know that we haven't been on the air. We're going we're gonna to do better. Yes. We promise to do better. Um, Also, another thought is that um, we're trying to, first of all, on iTunes Mm -hmm. and anywhere where you get your podcasts, if you can rank us, please rank us because we will float to the top and more people will hear us. If they know that you think we're awesome, then we we shoot up in the search results. Like a rocket. Like a rocket ship. (laughs) Rate and review us, folks. Rate and review us. And then also, we definitely are working on trying to get um, better sound equipment. I don't mm-hmm. know what below shoestring is. Yeah. Like, I don't know what that, maybe no budget is. That's where what Yeah, we have, right? yeah. <laughs> we heard you folks. You can't hear us. Um, <laughs> it's, we're dealing with, with, like, leftover. We're, I'm not kidding. We're doing a garage sale right now at my church, and I was looking through the donations. Like, is there anything we can use? Is there a microphone, yeah. headphones? So, you know, Shoestring is putting it, you know, in good terms of what we're doing here. Yeah, it's um, a Velcro Reebok around here. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you are so inclined to donate to the podcast, I go to um, Holy Spirit Lutheran Church Kirkland, mm-hmm. and there's a donate button there. It'll take you through their system, but just put a little note on there saying this is for the podcast, and it will get to us. Yeah, so. hslckirkland.org. Click on giving, and um, if you put a little note in there. I want the podcast equipment to be better. Yeah, or you that know, helps get us out, out of this echoey room, what what have you. But it's, it, yes, we're in an echoey chamber. <laughs> so that's a little bit of housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Our topic for today, um, since we don't have a theological person with us, aside from our own little brains, um, is going to be about youth, because Danielle knows all about youth. I'm a youth director, yeah. and in the world of youth ministry, fun fact, if you don't know this, the average, <laughs> the average youth director stay in a congregation. What do you? What would you guess it is? Six months. It's eighteen months. 
<laughs> I know. And here in the Northwest, in like Lutheran mainline churches, uh-huh. we're up to three years. Wow. Which is like unheard of. Wow. I've been doing this nine years. I'm a certified crazy person. Yeah, what is wrong with When you? I go to the youth director meetings, which we have, um, they call, I'm an old timer. Yeah, your grandma. Yeah, they're like, ask Danielle, she's taken, she, I'm sure she's dealt with it. And I'm like, where, what are, what's the question? What hot, What kind of hospitalization did it require? You need to be the director of some organization, you know. I do not want to work with youth directors. We are a crazy bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> this, what do they go on to do well, after their 18 months? Like, real jobs, as yeah. my dad would say. Um, so youth directing is kind of, it's, it's interesting. When youth, when youth ministry started up, it wasn't really a concept until about the 60s, and it didn't really get popularized until about the 80s. Mm. And a standard youth director would probably, it was similar to a, a counselor, camp counselor. So it was usually some fresh out of college kid, usually a man, almost always a man, uh-huh. with a goatee who used the word awesome a lot and wore t-shirts, <laughs> and his job was to entertain the kids, right? You're going to take clown. them on trips. So, exactly. A clown, in other a words. clown <laughs> who w- talked about, you know, how awesome everything was and was into rap music and uh-huh. was super, just the coolest guy you can imagine. Someone who wants to relive their high school year. Right. Uh-huh. And so that's kind of the stereotype of the youth director, and it's still carries through in a lot of the larger evangelical churches. If I go to a youth ministry conference and I go to an ecumenical youth ministry conference, which is fancy church speak for all sorts of church kind of churches, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm, it's probably 10% women. Wow. It's mostly men in their 20s. Huh. And it's this job that's seen as like you do this for a little while, you have fun, and then you move on and you go to seminary, become a pastor, or you just... Say, become a finance director. I mean, yeah, you just like... like their year off. It's, it's like a, traveling the world. Exactly. It's that year I spent in youth ministry. <laughs> and it's not like a real profession. And it's, it's their Euro trip. <laughs> and it feeds into this like kind of stereotype that still exists of the youth director as the kid on staff. Oh. The like the person who's uh, who's always causing trouble, the person who doesn't know what they're doing, huh. who's slovenly. In, in charge of the children. Exactly. How They're our future. What's, <laughs> what could go wrong? Well, I was thinking you said it didn't really even start till the 60s, which makes sense because before that it was like, sit in that hard pew and shut up or you're yeah, dead. <laughs> there was no, they, yeah, and if you had been like, well, but they're adolescents, they need information Maybe. given to them differently, people would be like, shut, shut up. up. <laughs> right. Sit down, you so. whiner. Oh, no, you got the look. I got the elbow. My mom would grab my elbow really hard. It's like that. Oh, that no, mom, the, like the no mom one can elbow, see it? You just nobody can see it, but. Right behind I, the back of that oh, arm. right behind the back of the arm, and you knew that was. That was no business. Right? You're in trouble. Yeah. And people still have that stereotype of wanting the church to be filled with well-behaved teenagers doing what adults and should children. be doing. And children right. should be doing the same thing. It's almost like... And so youth ministry like a kind of... passage almost. Exactly. Like, I had to sit there quietly and yeah. suffer. You think this sermon is bad? You should have heard the sermons when I was a kid. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, what? It was twice as long and twice as boring. Yeah. You have no idea. <laughs> it's... Yeah, so that's kind of the the evolution of youth ministry. And mainline churches have changed quite a bit. So if I go to a Lutheran conference or a mainline Protestant conference, there's a lot more women. It's probably 50-50 or even more women than men. Mm-hmm. And people who are older, people who are using this as more of a career. Mm-hmm. 
which I think is really important. I don't know how you do ministry in 18 months. Yeah. You have no, the kids don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, When I showed up at this job at 22 years of age, Mm. I know, I don't know why they gave me this job. (laughs) Uh, Legally wasn't allowed to drive the church van because our insurance doesn't cover anyone under 25. Right. Showed up, um, the seniors in high school had never had a youth director more than one year. Yeah. So they looked at me and they were like, listen. Yeah, I can do your job. We're going to tell you what to do. This is our youth Mm -hmm. group. You're here to do what we want you to do, and you're going to be gone in a year. So here's when our lock-in is. Here's the kind of games we want to play. Here's when we do this. Mm. Sit back and look pretty, lady. You're not going to be here long. (laughs) Well, you were only like four years older than I know. I look back, and I was like, who would hire me? Of course they hire you. You're perfect. They were desperate. You're they, the young, energetic person who can deal with it. Yeah. That's, what, that's what they kind of hire is like a young, energetic person who's going to entertain the kids, which is not enough. Well, yeah, no. But anyway, let's move on to what is it. So what is it? What, talk about the youth. I mean, there's so many different facets. Like there's this young life thing. And young life is huge. What is that? So Young Life is uh, essentially a youth ministry organization that's unaffiliated with churches. It's actually, they work it in systems of schools. Mm. So you're actually like, um, the local high school has its own Young Life instead of it being attached to a church. Mm. It's kind of, uh, Presbyterian has a strong influence into Young Life, but it's not directly linked to the Presbyterian church. I was going to say, how can they do that in a public place? It's, they get away with a lot of stuff because it's, kind of so well-known, and it has such a strong history. So Young Life leaders, generally, um, there's usually a teacher at the school who's involved in Young Mm -hmm. Life, not always, but usually. And then they have uh, Young Life uh, leaders who usually lead small groups, Mm -hmm. and they'll often go into school as volunteers and have lunch with the kids. And um, Young Life is great at mobilizing kids, and they're kind of... uh, their model of how they market their ministry is that they want it to be the place where kids go. Mm. They want it to be cool. They want it to be um, young. They want it to be really focused on what kids want to do. Mm. Um, so it's they have just like <laughs> you want to focus on kids want to do them. Like, do they just have banks of video machines? <laughs> they have their little. It's it's not unlike that. Like Xbox. It's super, yeah, they do, I went to a Young Life, like, big meeting once with a bunch of kids, so it wasn't a small group, it was probably about 100 kids, and they did, we, we did this, like, bobbing for apples, but they had an old toilet, and they put Mountain Dew in it, and then they had Milky Way bars, so it looked like poop. That's what kids do? I sure didn't. I'm like, what? <laughs> it, but weird. it's like, everything's, like, over the top and, like, fun and extreme. Uh-huh. Um, the... People often ask about the kind of... A 10-year-old might want to do that. Oh, well, teenagers like little kid things, too. It's like throwback Thursday. It's like a whole thing. When you're in middle school, you no longer want to watch an animated movie, and then you get to high school, and it's like, wait, that's what I did when I was a kid all those years ago. middle school's just this They're trying to be cool. Yeah, Yeah. oh, don't (laughs) hate middle school so much. We're going into that very soon. So the the kind of... um, the theology behind Young Life is hard to tamp down because they're often run by volunteers and it's often different based on where you are oh, in Young Life. So it really depends on who your leader is. 
so there are some kids who get out of, um, who've been in young life and been involved in this ministry, and maybe they're involved in a church, or maybe that's their main church, their main form of theology, and they leave young life and they feel really affirmed as um, a young person. Maybe they feel like the church, like young life is super open for LGBT kids, uh-huh. and that uh, it was super progressive. And then another kid might leave and feel like oh, no, 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 we were told homosexuality was a sin. We were told... So it's very purity. localized. It's incredibly words. localized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they have huge infrastructure. You might have heard of the Camp Malibu. No. But that's it's a I huge camp they send kids to, and it's uh-huh. over the top and huge and, and big. And So they've got major funding, uh-huh. major, major funding. And um, so that's kind of a school-based youth ministry. And then churches have their own church-based youth ministry. Right. Um, and but the ministry young life is christian based it's a christian organization uh-huh. that is tied to schools instead of churches so me as a interested parent or say i was a teacher at a school i'd be like i want to start a young life club and then yeah. i'm suddenly leader of the young life club and so whatever my beliefs are my thoughts and beliefs are what i instill in these people who show up to my club there are some leadership trainings and stuff, but for the most part, yeah, it's very yeah. localized. It's very like who the individual is, which means it can become popular in a lot of different areas of the country. So a conservative area it can become really popular. A liberal area it can become really popular. Right, hyper local too. I mean, yes, from town to town, from yeah. school to school. School to school. It's you know we have a couple of big high schools around here, and they each have their own young life chapters, and it's distinct and it's different and it's tied to school, and. Um, you also kind of graduate up in leadership roles, mm. and uh, it's kind of it's similar to, to uh, scouting, I suppose, where you move yeah. up the ranks. It just is kind of funny because it feels like in the 80s, you know, with Nancy Reagan's Just Say No, it was like, we'll start Young Life as clubs so kids don't go into the street and sell drugs, you know, or, you know what I mean? It like, has it a feels similar like feel. Kind of like, let's keep them busy. Yeah. Um, and throw some religion at them. <laughs> it is. It, some of it is hyper-religious and some of it is not. It, it's so localized you never know. Um, one of the things that bothers me about some of our local young life um, is I get a little bit uh, kids who've been really involved when they're younger and then never get to graduate up to leadership roles mm. because they're not popular or cool. Oh. And part of the model, if you want young life to stay popular and cool, you have to have popular, cool kids at the top. Oh my god. That's I know exactly what Jesus said. By the way, <laughs> it's that very is Jesus-y. So Christian. We've had a number of kids who who went through Young Life and were super involved and in, not involved in church stuff because they were involved in this Young Life, and then who really kind of fizzled and felt left out at the top and saw and really became disillusioned. The man behind the curtain, right? yeah. yeah. And I don't. And it's been a great experience for kids. I did some Young Life stuff when I was a kid. It can be really wonderful. I don't want to be down on Young Life, yeah. but it's a huge part of the youth ministry world. Huh. Okay. And some youth directors get real fired up because we're here in our congregations, and they're they're stealing our sheep. <laughs> <laughs> That's also what Jesus said. <laughs> Stop stealing sheep. Okay. And, and okay. so what I do, I so youth ministry is complicated, right? Because I want to make it. <laughs> I hope so, because otherwise I'm complicating it for myself. Because yeah. I want the kids to have fun. I want it to be a good time. Yeah. But it can't. If I'm not a, you know, I don't do this job because I enjoy planning parties. Right. You know. Yeah, you're not an event director. Yeah, I want there to be substance to it, and I want to 
infuse it with a complex theology. I want to challenge them and their thinking of the world. I want them to build a community within each other that's strong and that um, is a model for what a church community can be like when they're adults. Mm-hmm. Because teenagers often want to be with other teenagers. Being sure. in a room with oh, a bunch years. of adults, oh, yeah. you, it doesn't quite fit in. Just so look at your phone, shut up. <laughs> exactly, like, oh, you're an adult, you don't know anything. So I want to try to create a community like a church very localized within the teenagers. But I, we, I, it's hard because you want to create that balance. You want to have the, the friendship, you want to have the theology, and you want to have the service. Uh-huh. And it's really easy to get caught up in one part of that triangle mm. and mm-hmm. to the detriment of others. The question I get all the time is about whether youth ministry is indoctrination. Mm, right. Yeah. Shouldn't we let kids kind of decide for themselves? Well, okay. I, I totally disagree with this because my kids don't decide anything for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and here's why. It's not that they don't get to make choices. It's like you can have carrots or peas, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I give them choices in a very distinct way mm-hmm. because obviously I'm, you know, for better or for worse, I'm what they've got. And I'm yeah. going to be guiding them for this period of time. And then when they get older, they can look back on that and say, no, that was horrible, and I will never do that, or it was amazing, and it was great based to life. You know, I don't know. But this whole idea that I don't, I don't want to take free will away from kids. Obviously, you know, I, re- I think we need to have lots of respect for children, but meet them where they are mm-hmm. and not pretend like they're small little adults who understand everything around in their surroundings, you know? Oh, yeah. And so I feel like this, the idea of indoctrination, yeah, you're introducing ideas to them, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, the same way a parent might say, you know, I want my kid to be able to do what they want when they grow up in terms of careers. But I think these, I, you know, it's not that I'm going to shield them from what I think are valuable careers. I'm right. going to show them what it takes to do this. I'm going to tell them that college is an important part of getting to this kind of career or technical school is an important part to get to this right. part of, type of career. Right. we've as adults you've learned things and you've created a life for yourself and you want to pass some of what you've learned on to your kids and that might be faith as well and I don't think it's a bad thing to share your faith life with your kids no um and I think I work really hard to make it clear to kids that doubt is not the opposite of faith Mm. because Mm. if if you're sure about something then it isn't faith Mm. Faith is complicated that and complex. That is powerful. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> sure about something, it isn't faith. It, and so we talk a lot about doubts. And I take pride in the fact that if you were to come up to my youth group and you were to ask the kids a theological question, you'd get a lot of different answers, including maybe a kid or two who would say, well, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if I believe in God. And I think that creating a space where we can have really complex conversations, I don't think even adults in churches feel comfortable saying that. Mm -hmm. But if you go downstairs to the youth room, the kids are having really complex conversations. They're also having really simple conversations. (laughs) You know, I deal with a lot of prom dresses. (laughs) Well, don't we all? I'm looking for new spring shoes, so hey. Listen, text me pictures. I get get pictures of prom dresses. I get pictures of promposal ideas. I definitely remember. I know I'm... You know, I'm in the Gen X group, but I remember um, being a teenager and feeling like 
I had very, very deep conversations with my peers, mm -hmm. not with my family, for sure. Um, but I was thinking at very high levels, you mm. know, oh, I yeah. was thinking very deep thoughts because I, right now I actually think a lot more superficial things because I have so much to do. I'm busy mm -hmm. from morning to night. I've got to get the groceries. I've got to, you know, I've got my list of to do's and all that. And I have all these transactional things in my day. And it, I actually have to try to take time to have deep thoughts. Whereas I was a teenager, just like, I got all the time in the world. Yeah. You know, I'm hanging with my buddies and we, you know, looking at the stars or whatever. And your brain is changing. Yeah. You're getting that, that gray thinking. You're moving from black and white to gray and it mm -hmm. continues until you're in your early 20s for girls, mid 20s for guys. And so these thoughts are occurring to you for the first time right. and they're exciting. exciting. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, it's so interesting. You everyone's a little philosopher. Yes. It's I love it yes. so much. And it's it's interesting to to do things like uh, we take week long trips in the summer, right? So we call them service trips instead of mission trips. Mm -hmm. And we go someplace every summer and we try to do less harm than help, which is hard because short-term mission trips have this reputation of white kids coming in in their T-shirts with their Jesus complex painting something that was painted by another group of teenagers the week before yeah. and will be painted by a new group the next week mm. and feeling self-confident and, and then leaving. I did good for the world. Yay. I fixed it. Mm -hmm. And so I try to make things deeper than that we talk we talk about accompaniment we talk about how we're going to learn from people we're going to walk side by side and hopefully what they'll learn from our week is a little bit about systemic poverty and a little bit about what they can do back home to help alleviate that mm -hmm. that's the goal mm -hmm. but you know you also got to keep them moving we got to paint something <laughs> pot this plant please <laughs> I know. yeah we did we did plant avocado trees in guatemala for a women's co-op but we bought the avocado trees, and the women taught us a lot of different skills. Yeah. And we learned a lot about why women's co-ops are important in Central America, mm. mainly because most of the men have left to find work other places. Yeah. And sometimes they have new families. Right. And now the women are supporting themselves for the first time ever in a, in a culture that was typically very patriarchal. So the women didn't have many job skills and weren't raised to to have job skills sure. so what does it look like for them to change their lives what can we do to support women what can we do for women in our own culture it's yes. complex it is complex it's messy right and I like that they get that message young um, and I just I'm a big fan of anybody traveling while they're young and they still have this gray matter that I've lost because mm -hmm. I'm busy with shopping lists and so because I traveled when I was young, it's just the exposure. I, it's, I'm all about exposure. You know, expose yourself to different people, expose yourself to different things, um, and see what you find. See the world. Yeah, see what you find. Mm -hmm. It's it's fun. Um, if you can. I mean, I know that it isn't always, you know, financially possible to do those things, but if you can yeah. take advantage of trips like... I think that's one of the biggest things about um, these youth groups, and maybe you can speak to this, is that it gives the possibility for people who may not have that financial ability to go. Yeah, I think for me, youth group represents possibility. I, we're incredibly lucky. In my youth group, I, I pull from a lot of different high schools, which means it's easy for the kids to show up and there to be 15, 20 other kids and only two of them go to their high school 
which means you don't have to carry the labels that you yes. have at high school with you. You can be a different person. You can be a different kind of person. Yes. You can shed those horrible labels that sometimes get put on you or labels that you love that you've been able to hide behind. Mm. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, the kids really like that. The kid, I've, I've read a lot of college essays that they've written that talk about how here they got to meet people in the way they hope they can meet people at college without the burdens of the things that have been put on them since elementary school as they aged up with the same kids. Right, and they know the whole history. I had I won a um, writing contest when I was a sophomore in high school, and we went on this trip to D.C., and it was the same thing. It was just these random kids from different schools that won this writing contest. And when I got on that bus, I mean... I literally was a different person. It was crazy, and I, I just became, I just flowered. I just was like, people saw totally different sides of me that nobody yeah. paid attention to in my school before, and because uh, you're just stuck in these ruts. And the same goes for when you're traveling. I always said when I was out traveling, I did a lot in uh, Central South America, and you meet people and you have no history. And you kind of don't have a future because yeah. you're not really going to be with them forever or, you know, even maybe for the next week. So you just have now. You're just so present all the time. You don't have to worry about, what if I do this now, I'm going to have to be like this the whole time. What are they going to think about this? Oh, and you have no history either. It's so great. I feel like I've said this before in another episode. But anyway, it's good to repeat. It's the, well, <laughs> and it's. It's what we hope to create is like a place where people can be authentically themselves. Yeah. It's, so you're kind of de facto aunt. Kind of. The kids. But only because you're grandma. You've been doing this forever. I know. The kids call, one of the kids calls me Grandma Danielle. Yeah, see. Yeah. It's upsetting. <laughs> Here's doily, honey. Here's, yeah. <laughs> oh, we Not were, that all grandmas have doilies. I know some awesome, cool grandmas. I just want to put Yeah, real talk. Real talk. <laughs> We went to a trampoline park the other night, and they told me I couldn't do a front flip. And I said, are you kidding me? I did a front flip. And then in my moment of victory, one of the kids turned to me and said, did it make your arthritis act up? Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. He's a great kid. I like him. <laughs> it's cruel. Don't You're snarky. That's where you get it. Yeah, that's, it is. I'm not, I'm not good with real adults because I'm too busy with the kiddos. <laughs> But so, what about you? You have young kids. I do, but they're quite young. Oh well, it, it, we're not into that yet. Into um, it's a little uncomfortable for me because I grew up in such an uncomfortable religious fashion. <laughs> I was at a lock-in once with um, uh, a friend from I want to say high school. So it might have, we might have been thirteen or something, said fourteen, and said. Hey, do you want to come to my church's lock-in? Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to go because I wanted to do fun things, but I didn't know what. She just said this like I would know. Yeah, you know? it's and a churchy thing. A lock-in I, is a terrifyingly a named ter- churchy yeah, thing. Yeah, terrifying. I'm like, well, I can't leave, and I got to stay there overnight. And what if I don't like it? And I went anyway, and um, it was fine. It was definitely weird and the language was weird yeah and I was kind of like there for the games and mm-hmm. sleep over on the candy yeah um which is exactly what they draw you in for because yes. again I was in a very evangelical place even though I was not and I didn't know that and I didn't know all the lingo and language and terminology um but it just gave me this weird feeling like you know yeah uh and so my I don't have, and then anything else that was 
kind of centered around youth was always very, very awkward. Um, the CCD classes that I had to go through with with Catholicism and... What, what's CCD? I don't know the, what it means. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're all in the... Googling. Yeah, okay. It was, it was Catholic. Catholic something, something. Okay. It was for kids who didn't go to Catholic school. And so we oh, had to take like, okay. the primer on Wednesday nights or whatever. I gotcha. And learn about the Catholic theology. But um, so Wednesday nights or Thursday nights we go and be taught by now I know, I've told this before, I think it was just parents basically volunteering. And they had their booklet they were reading from. Yeah, they, they had their, their little thing. Did you show videos? Probably. Well, That's we had amazing. film back then. <laughs> like the <Dude. laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, we didn't have a lot of that. It was a lot of talking. It was very boring. And, um, you know, so nothing in the vein of what you're talking about, like yeah. actually entertaining the children. That wasn't, a, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't really a big tenant. But um, so I, I have just weird feelings about this, probably more in what you were talking about with indoctrination. Yeah. And um, that feeling that, I don't like the bait and switch feeling of it. I don't like like, come on guys, we're gonna have pizza tonight and watch a movie and oh, by the way, Jesus Christ, you know? Yes. And it's ewey. I don't, I'm more, I'm way too more authentic than that. And I, I don't know how things are now, but I would hope that you just try to make it a little bit more authentic, like, hey, this is why we're here, and by the way, let's eat pizza. Yeah. You know? And it's it's interesting. I do, like, a little balance of, like, some events are fun, some events are more serious, mm-hmm. because I feel like it's a little easier to manage the pivot. Yeah, right. Because... The, Don't try to combine so much. It's like, we're either yeah. bullying or we're talking about God. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You. So we do either do a, we either do a thing where it's a serv- straight service project or it's a straight lesson, or we're going out and doing a, a fun, a bowling or roller skating. Because I find it just too hard to manage the energy of like up and then, yeah. and now we're going to be quiet and light candles. Let's get in a circle. Yeah. Yeah. And tell me your intimate secrets. Yeah. Maybe someone else is good at that. I'm not good at that. <laughs> no, no one else is good at that. I've never, <laughs> ever found someone. Because it it's not authentic. It like invalidates the other thing and it feels like. Um, bribery. It feels like one was a path to the other. Right. It feels like bribery to God. Yeah. To the God talk. And uh, I think I would have rather, definitely in my high school years, I was very into spirituality. I was very into philosophy. And as you said, they're all like these little philosophers. So let's talk about it. Like, let's, yeah. you know, why do, if somebody had brought to me some interesting readings and not maybe biblical readings Mm -hmm. it's a little bit too thick yeah but you know really interesting philosophical readings and related it back to um potentially um christian thoughts and you know theology that would be way more my path but i'm also really heady i'm always surprised though when we uh show when we for instance on mlk weekend we read martin luther king jr's i have a dream speech Mm -hmm. and how inspired the kids were and how they wanted to tie it to other things and one kid was in the debate team and talked and he was all talking about how uh how well structured it was while someone else was was so interested in like the theology behind it the kids get fired up about stuff yeah you just it's just sometimes hit and miss what stuff fires i just wonder if um bringing newer you can definitely like 
MLK speech is always classic, but what are people saying now? What's the, mm-hmm. What are the new things? Or um, speaking of social justice, like picking apart Kendrick Lamar's lyrics, rap yeah. lyrics or something like that. And it's like, you know, just, yeah, just hooking people in in different ways. Hearing Malala Yousafzai's yes. TED Talk. Yes, TED Talks are great. They are yeah. great, and they're, they're often the right length of time. I hear that this podcast is really good for that, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, we should have teenagers on. We totally should. I think that's a great idea. I think, I know, I know a couple. I know some I would not let on here, but I know a couple who would be really great. Cool. Yeah. Appreciate you. Thank you. We appreciate you. We appreciate you and all the hard work you do. It's the best job I in the world. I know that we had a long conversation at one point about um, <laughs> in your office. I was talking about how my daughter's bladder is so small. Like, <laughs> I can't get you know two minutes down the road. She's like, I need to go to the bathroom. I'm like, we just told you to go, uh, and you're like, it's the same with the teeth. It is these. That's. I, I believe I told you of a time. When we were in New Orleans and we had a bathroom break, and at the end of the bathroom break, everyone was out of the bathroom. We counted off. Everyone's here. On to the next stop. Before, as soon as I count off everyone, I get someone raising their hand. They need to go to the bathroom. We haven't even left the bathroom <laughs> break. Like, are you kidding me? Like, we're still here. Just go. I once pulled over for a bathroom break at a Walgreens, yeah. and we got into the van, and the same girl who asked for the bathroom break, was like, I need to go to the bathroom. I said, are you kidding? We just left. Right. And, I, and I, I said, are, is, there some, is it that time of the month? Is something going on? And she goes, no, everyone was just hanging out, and I didn't want to leave and go to the bathroom, so I didn't actually go. I was like, we stopped when you didn't go? <laughs> I know. It's just maddening. The whole, I didn't have to go then, which yeah. was literally 30 seconds ago. Now the kids know. Oh, my God. They have to give me a number, 1 through 10, when they say. <laughs> and I always tell them, I prefer a 6. So if you can get to me at a six. Oh my god, brilliant. <laughs> I we've got twenty kids and you're in an airport. Oh like, my god, let's, you're brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to do I don't have twenty kids, but just with my two, I'm like, it's bathroom time, we're all going. We're we're all going. We're trying. <laughs> it's all a try. Everyone put but their I fingers in warm I water. Yeah, I don't have to go. You try. You we're just gonna do our best. <laughs> you sit down, you try. <laughs> we'll I'm, see what happens. I'm always shocked the parents I relate to the most are the parents with young kids <laughs> where I'm like the bathroom breaks the vomiting yeah the the eating junk food they right. get away from mom and they go crazy right and then their stomachs rebel yeah and they're shocked they're like oh my mom was serious when she said I would get a stomach ache if I ate 14 <laughs> fruit snacks yeah she wasn't kidding why did you bring that many fruit snacks <laughs> Well, it's live and learn, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. This is why they're not called adults till they're 18, I guess. Yeah, I will. Imagine, people went to war when they were 18. I cannot imagine. No wonder they needed drill sergeants. <laughs> when we went, we went to a rural village in Nicaragua one time, and it was a village we sponsored through microloans, so they were really excited. They were excited to meet Holy Spirit people because um, these were farmers, and we had lent them money to buy their own farms, and then they were slowly paying us back. It's a, it was a really cool project that we were doing. So we went to visit them, and they essentially take a vacation for a week to host us and show us all the stuff they've been doing. So we're on this bumpy road in this bus to get to this rural village in Nicaragua. I'm there with 15 teenagers. One of the boys starts vomiting pink vomit everywhere oh inside this God. bus. I'm shouting at another boy, um, like, get the window down, get the window down. Right. So he manages to get out the window and vomit down the side of the bus, oh. and it's all inside the bus. It's all down him. Oh. We're in rural 
yeah, Nicaragua. No, I, I have a water bottle. I, I hose him down. Oh I, I scoop up as much as I can with his hat. You know, it was his vomit. And then I put down some newspapers yeah. to soak up the rest. And we hit the road again, just quiet and stinky <laughs> and shell-shocked. We pull up to this village. The entire village is waiting to greet us. They have balloons. They've decorated. The side of our bus is covered in vomit. <laughs> They're probably used to that. They honestly. open <laughs> the doors, and we come out wet, stinky, and there's vomit everywhere. The Americans are here. Oh, oh <laughs> Day one. Day one. Hi. Hi, guys. Oh, my God. That's horrible. Oh, you're so ready for your own children. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I've had the, the training. Idea, you know, the idea of scooping up vomit in a hat, I'm like, I do that. <laughs> yep. Makes total sense. Gotta to do me. what you gotta do. Gotcha. <laughs> total sense. <laughs> Okay, so thank you very much for listening. Um, we're back. I don't know. I'll probably edit this down a little bit. but um, <laughs> What can you take out? I know. It was also <laughs> fascinating. But we really appreciate your, your listening, and um, we will catch you next time. Thanks very much. See you later.